Hi, everyone. It's Henry DeVries. Welcome to this week's episode of Marketing with a Book and a Speech. And we're so glad you're here. This is primarily for the authors at Indie Books International. We call them the family. And we like to get the family together on a regular basis. And we believe the family, well, like all families, you know, there are a few nuts in here too, but uh, what can you do? It's your family. So thanks for being here today. So the object is always to look, what can we be doing as an author and a speaker to have more impact and influence? Uh, one of our mottos is publishing the book is the starting line, not the finish line. So the race keeps going and it's a marathon. So what are you doing to run that race? What are you doing to get information out there? Well, one thing at Indie Books that we've used since our founding seven years ago has been LinkedIn. LinkedIn has been a secret weapon for us. We've used LinkedIn to fill over a hundred small-scale seminars. And those small-scale seminars have led to 80% of our income. So we are talking millions of dollars generated by LinkedIn and small-scale seminars. It's a generous strategy. And along the way, we met a very generous person. Uh, Ellen, welcome. Thanks for coming here today. We'll, we'll uh, turn the talking stick over to you in just a moment. Ellen has similar background, uh, being an adjunct faculty and consultant. It's like that scene in the movie where the one character says to the other, you know, you and I are very much alike. And if it's the nemesis and the hero, then one responds, we're nothing alike, but they actually are very much alike. It's, it's the yin yang, it's, it's the give and take. So Ellen and I have had uh, good conversations and enjoyed uh, that we have similar people in our network and she was very generous to come on board uh, today and to give her manifesto on LinkedIn. Ellen, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. I'm, I'm unmuting. Am I successfully unmuted? Yeah, that's the uh, saying of the year. You're on ah. mute. So um, please give the background before you begin and then it's over to you. And uh, when, when you're done talking, I, I'd like to ask you a question or two. Absolutely. I, uh, so I first heard of, um, I was lucky enough to be on a panel with Mark LeBlanc last summer where we were experting uh, various aspects of kind of how to put all this together. And then I actually had a couple of clients who were in, um, in the indie books and marketing with a book program. So I, I was sort of spying from the outside and uh, then connected with Henry and, and got to talk to him and found out uh, he was kind enough to send me a copy of his book. And I found out we care about a lot of the same things. And also uh, there is quite a bit of overlap in the kinds of people I tend to work with, a lot of whom are actually really good at marketing and have really good uh, marketing training and, and networks, but LinkedIn is just its own very weirdo creature that they're not quite used to, or perhaps they're using a system that, you know, was, was yielding some big results a couple of years ago, but uh, as with all things, uh, time and tides, et cetera, et cetera, we've, we've moved on. And for me, so I started out as a, as a brand expert. I've done brand consulting work for the Oprah Winfrey Book Club and for the Zappos guys. And 
I have Simon Sinek's coach as a client, and Michael Brenner, who's a famous content marketing guy. So that's just a little bit, look at me, I'm really neat. So you know that I've been doing this for a minute. Um, and because I, we were getting so much out of LinkedIn, we really started teaching it. So that's kind of how I became a LinkedIn expert. Like Henry, I was a college professor and I taught rhetoric and persuasive voice. So uh, we, we have that background in common. Uh, so the, the quick thing I would say that's sort of the biggest shift, and if you can kind of hold on to this one fact and then, and then let it ooze down into your system, I think it, it really will make a difference. So the people listening to this, no doubt know, they're, they're doing all kinds of wonderful value first content marketing in lots of other places, uh, probably optimizing SEO and, and doing blogs and articles and maybe using YouTube, maybe email newsletters, where there's all this focus, not on talking about yourself or your offers or your accomplishments and how wonderful you are in your company, but content first, right? Value first, value first, value first. So in, in effect, with all that content, we're always, we're not talking about ourselves. We're, we're providing something for uh, our audience, our best target audience. So now just imagine that you do the same thing with your LinkedIn profile. So gone is all the pressure of having to think about how to present yourself on your LinkedIn profile and how wonderful you are, your business is. I mean, it's not any pressure, right? Like here's just the, when someone Googles your name, here's what comes up. And lots of people see this before they see your website or anything else. So no pressure, just go ahead and put a perfect digital representation of yourself and your life's work out there and it should be fine, right? Like no pressure. So I, what we found was when we really looked into this is that at least on LinkedIn, and this is probably true other places, but I, I don't know that, but 74% of LinkedIn, people on LinkedIn are going to buy from or hire or work with the first person who really changes our mind about something. So let's say that again, 74% when they are ready to spend money if you are the person that, that gave them a, a really fresh insight, really helped them think about things differently, they are going to, when they're ready to spend money, they're going to keep an eye on you and they're going to come be with you. So what happens when someone Googles your name? Your LinkedIn profile usually does come up first. So why would we spend any time at the top of that profile, especially, going over all our accomplishments and how wonderful we are when we could just teach them something. So the idea is that the old model and the popular model is your LinkedIn profile is, is a CV, right? Or a resume, or maybe it's a sales page. That's the one where people say, here's what I do and why I'm different and why you should hire me, that kind of thing. So just consider the possibility. And, and please hear, I'm not saying that those things are wrong or bad where you shouldn't do them, because that's just not so. What I'm saying is, in our experience, making this shift is going to give you a pretty huge advantage that a lot of people aren't going to be doing for a few years yet. Um, I think you'll, you'll start to hear about this in a bit, but it's really not very popular now. So let me show you quickly an example of what this looks like. I picked one of our clients, a woman named Heather Letzi, who is a uh, SEO, what's called findability 
uh, expert. So is it okay if I, Suzanne, if I share my screen, am I good to go? So let's see if, hopefully I've got that pulled up and, you know, not something horribly embarrassing, but it is me. So let's, let's not hope for too much. Anyway, okay, so here is, let me just get the Zoom stuff out of the way. Here is Heather's profile. Now, what I love about her profile is um, she and her team have created all these different banners. So the banner is this thing behind your little photo, okay? And the banner is a way that you can teach people to read your profile. If you go look at mine, I'm not as fancy as Heather. I just kind of have one basic banner that I use, but this is just kind of a neat little extra that she does. But let's, let's talk about what does this mean for Heather to give people a breakthrough, teach them something just from reading her profile. Okay, so we'll, we'll scoot down here. We really start to see the difference. First off, just a quick note, this thing here underneath your name, we like to see uh, what we call a headline versus a title. So most people don't care that you're the founder and CEO and whatever, but they do care, like, what are you gonna do for me? So Heather's is we empower businesses to get found online with speaking masterminds and workshops, dominate your market online with findability. Now, Heather is a rival of Neil Patel, so she's doing pretty good. If you know anything about SEO, he's kind of a, a big deal in that. And they sort of have complementary skills because he's very much on the, um, the, the machine learning side of this and Heather's very much on the human psychology. So where do we really see the difference? We really see it first in Heather's profile in this about section. So again, instead of talking about herself or findability, pretend this word here about, pretend it says keynote speech, or if you prefer, pretend it says rant, okay? When you look at mine and Heather's, they're kind of ranty. When you look at some of our other clients, they're a bit more elegant because they have kind of a more corporate client. So again, you're not writing this about yourself, you're writing it for your most desirable clients. Okay, so that's who Heather's, when I wrote this with Heather, that's who I'm writing for. So her point is now is not a real good time to have a website that's not performing in the quarantine era. Why is it that people give up so easily on SEO? And she talks about how people believe they just don't get it or they think they can't get this top page on Google or it's not important anymore. And Heather's argument is, think of this as her, state of the union, bitch lap of truth intervention, if I may use that word. She's saying, listen, it to the people who, who sell SEO it is absolutely to their advantage to have you believe that you just can't handle this. But Heather's argument is that you can't, it, it just takes some learning and, and that's kind of what she teaches. So her art, then we get into this part where these little stars are. Think of these as what we call a vendor agnostic insight. So that means you don't have to give Heather any money to get this insight, nor do you have to give her any time. It's not sign up for Heather's blah, 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 and she's going to tell you about it. No, it's just here. So for example, she wants you to know, did you know there's a service called marketgrader.com? It's free. You can use out this tool to grade your website, see how it's going. Did you know there's another free tool called keywordfinder.io, and you can come up with free keyword phrases. Um, so again, I don't want to take too much time because I know I don't have much, but all of this, our, our job, as Heather would say, is, is to lead us to this final point that Google is a voracious snacker. And every single day we are teaching Google to love us or to ignore us. 
there is no there is no middle ground as far as um, eating disorder Google is concerned. So again, when we come down here to this featured section, the idea here is not Heather's not going to put in her case studies that take you 20 minutes to read. The idea is these quick hits for your featured section. Now these could be videos, minor videos. That these could be uh, they could be infographics. Uh, they could be even a quick post, a written post from LinkedIn, whatever you're comfortable with. But again, the idea is if you look at Heather's or real quick, let's just hang on. I got to move my pictures over. Let me see if I can get to me. All right. So mine are all videos. But again, I'm not saying this is what you have to do, but this has performed really, really well for me uh, is I just have these quick videos. They're 60 seconds, not long. And I try to come up with fun titles so that when people come here to my profile, they don't have to do like all this work to read my 20 page manifesto on whatever, or to read my 40 page case study and how I multiplied income by 12 times. That's here if you keep looking, but I wanna give those, those quick hits. So again, it's, it's all designed to help you or help your audience learn something from you. Because remember, 74% going to buy from the person that they really learned from. So then, oh, look, it's my picture. And, and oh, here we go. There, now it's Heather's picture. So, and you can do the same thing down here in your experience section. And then I'll, I'll finish speaking with this. But you, you're not an employee. You don't have to do your experience section like you are an employee. I think, I think most of the people who are listening to this are authors and doing their own thing. Now, I should say, even if you are an employee, you're still allowed to do this, okay? So the idea is you, don't, you can put your different offers here in the experience section. So for example, Heather has a mastermind. Heather has VIP coaching. Heather has findability retreats. Um, I'm about to do a page for her new book. So her book is going to be here as well. And again, our goal with these is not just to talk about, here's my offer, here's how great it is, here's why you got to do it, but hopefully even just reading this experience section, you're learning something about this topic, not just how awesome Heather is. So that's the basic gist. And um, just there, we have a couple of gifts for you if you're interested. We have a link to what we call the LinkedIn Connection Intervention. And that link is basically, how do you handle incoming? Because if you can handle incoming connection requests and get them to come over here, it'll make a huge difference in your bottom line. And then also just in case anybody wants to, we do, I do free audits of your LinkedIn profile. So we are here, I am here. You can sign up for one of those uh, by going to my LinkedIn page and we'll just spend 30 minutes talking about what's relatively easy for you to do to get going on this type of idea. Uh, so the end, that's all there ever is to say about anything. And I will cease and desist and uh, let y'all ask questions if you have any. Oh, I can't hear Henry. Can you guys hear me? Now I'm unmuted. Oh, I got ah. questions. And they probably have questions too. And they can type their questions in the chat box. Perfect. And if one of you guys will help me with those chat boxes, I'm blind in one eye, so sometimes I'm not so good at that. But I'm here and let's go go for it. Happy to answer any questions. Here we go. So just 
background and then I'll get to the question. Dusty Road. Um, Mark LeBlanc and I are partners here in Indie Books International. Mm -hmm. We hate people who are what we call pitch festers. Yeah. And everything is like, and can we get on your podcast? And then there's going to be a pitch and we're going to get a percentage of it and all that. Okay. It's smarmy, but uh, works for a lot of people. So, okay. We, we're not receiving anything uh, from Ellen Melko Mark. <laughs> Ellen, Ellen Melko Moore. That's easy for me to say. Um, we're not getting anything from Ellen, nor, nor do we want it. Um, I found her offer very genuine to, and generous. So we always say our brand is generosity. And I always thought, Ellen, your brand is about generosity too. Yeah. Is that a fair statement? It is. I think not only, uh, I think this is the ultimate revenge of the nerds time. So if you're not much of a pitcher, your time has come. Like the Led Zeppelin song, like we are there in your moment. And I think I don't pitch at all. I don't ever talk about my offers unless someone asks me. So I'm sort of extreme on that side. But all I do is, you know, go up and show up in various things and help people with stuff. And then people who want it will ask, and then we can talk about it. And you don't, in my opinion, you do not need to, to do that. And Henry, my favorite quote is from Proverbs, and it is, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. So yeah. right there. Quoting scripture too, A plus. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, my mom would be shocked. <laughs> so um, one of the things we found is to label these podcasts with a how-to. Mm -hmm. So it's how to do something because how-to is magical and it's part of that helping. Sure. Um, so what are we going to label this one? Uh, how to talk to anyone on LinkedIn. How, how to, to talk to anyone on LinkedIn. How to get access to your dream clients on LinkedIn. How to get the uh, best. I, I liked your first one. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you're you're doing. She's doing what we call the uh, front runner and the challenger strategy. So yeah, you want a front runner, and then we're going to challenge it. Um, but uh, no, you were good out of the gate. So Perfect. our producer is writing that one down. So that's what we'll, we'll, we'll stick with that. And I again, I should also say about that that the reason I've got some of these high prestige clients is they were on LinkedIn just like anyone else, bored out of their mind uh, and uh, feeling like they were supposed to be there and doing things. And we got to chatting and I met with them to help with them with stuff. And that's, that's about all there is to it. So just remember, there's lots of people high up in the food chain who are popular other places, but on LinkedIn, they get like two likes and three comments that say, wow, great post. And so just like the rest of us, they're feeling a little lonesome. So it, it isn't as hard, I think, on LinkedIn to get access to some folks, you know, on those levels. If you, if you care about that, and if you don't, you don't need to. <laughs> so uh, when we talked, I asked you if there was some training that you did for under a thousand, and you said there were. So I, mm -hmm. I'm, uh, our calls are no cost, no selling, no kidding, but I can, I can ask you, uh, what, what training do you offer? How would people find that? What's, what do you do? Well, I think the easiest thing is uh, you can see my name, Ellen, Mel Ellen Melka Moore. You can, you can copy and paste that and find me on LinkedIn, connect with me and just say, hey, saw you on the, whatever it was we're titling this podcast, uh, the, the marketing with a book podcast, and I will connect with you. 
we can schedule a time. I'll send you my calendar. We can schedule a time to just look at what you got going on. And uh, we, uh, we have a new class that we're starting in a couple months where we do have a price tag that's under a thousand. But also we could just meet and look at it. And there's probably some things you can do that you don't necessarily need to spend money to get done. Like we, we often find quite a bit in just that first half an hour. So I, I would say start with that. And then I'll tell you what the choices are if you're interested and or we also invite people to come back for a second 30 minute meeting if you need to. Like we're just trying to help because this it's, stuff is confusing. Yeah. Well, our, our saying is uh, the more generous you are, the luckier you get. Yeah, that's been my experience. All sorts of good things happen. You pick up clients, you pick up referrals, you pick up that thing where someone says, I need a LinkedIn expert. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know somebody. Yeah, know exactly. Somebody. And I get paid that way a lot, uh, doing this work with people. And, and then they tell a friend and that friend happens to be a fit for kind of some of our bigger, more intensive, more expensive offers and away we go. So, okay. yeah. You mentioned something in brief, but I'd like to explore it a little farther with you. Sure. This idea that... Um, People all the time, and some spammy, mm -hmm. uh, but people all the time are saying, let's LinkedIn. So they, there's been different jokes about the different ways people do it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, either no, can, no reason at all, let's link mm -hmm. in, or something um, very obscure uh, on why they're trying to link in with you. Uh, but like a, like a, uh, is that Aikido, like an Aikido master who takes the momentum thrown at them and guides it in a new direction. Talk about what you do when people do this. And I, I think I was one of them who approached you and, and didn't really have a very creative, well, we weren't too, we, no, you were fine. We were, we were fine, but, but uh, yeah, we didn't at least do, you know, please link in with me. Um, no, we were above no. that, but uh, talk about this Aikido strategy you have. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I like, I love that. I'm going to use that metaphor. So you, again, there's a link for this. You can read more about it, but basically what it's called is a connection intervention. So let's say Henry, uh, this is not what Henry said, but let's say Henry writes to connect with me and he says, uh, dear Ellen, I so admire your history of high level accomplishment. You, your profile is so impressive. Uh, let's, I'm looking to connect with the best people in Denver, which is where I happen to live. Uh, let's let, this is not what his request said, but let's say it, say it did. Yeah. So what I'm going to do every single time I get a connection request, which either has no note, right. Or a bit of a generic note, which, cause Hen, the note I just made up for Henry, he could have sent that same note to a thousand people in Denver, right. And it could have been automated by the way, don't use automated strategies. LinkedIn is cracking down hard. So just be careful is my recommendation. But anyway, instead, I'm going to say to him or anybody that looks good, but I'm not sure what, what's coming. I'm going to say, thanks so much, Henry. Do you mind sharing what made you want to reach out to me in particular? Now, if Henry is, is more serious about LinkedIn or you know whatever this is important to him, most likely he's going to go look at my profile for a couple seconds, which is what I want him to do because I want him to start learning about LinkedIn from me, right? So that's kind of the, the move. 
And then I would say when you're the one, so you can always just ask, just be like, thank you so much. Do you mind sharing what made you want to reach out? That's it. Nine out of 10 people won't respond to that because it's their VA in Belize and or it's automated and or they really don't care, but they're doing it because someone told them they should. So you can kind of not worry about that. And the reason connection acceptances are so important is you're always teaching the LinkedIn algorithm who to show your picture to. So if I want my picture shown to the Mark LeBlancs and Henry DeVries of this world, I have to be really careful that I'm not always accepting uh, social media experts, you know, from Dubai, God bless their hearts, because I don't, I don't want to go that direction. I, and so I'm very protective of my network. And, you know, you saw there that Heather had 10,000 people. I have like 5,000 people and I'm always sort of culling it a little bit just because I, I want a more manageable network. And that's my personal advice. Last thing I'll say, and then I'll shut up again, is if you want to make it, if you want to be the one making the connection request, it takes longer. But I recommend you, you go a little slower, pick the best people you can find. And then if I say something to Henry DeVries, it, think about how, what that LinkedIn thing looks like where you're getting the messages. If I say, Henry DeVries loved your book, blah, 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 okay? May, uh, when you get a chance, check out my profile and see if it makes sense to connect. So Henry's looking through his messages and I'm literally the only person probably all week who said something personal to him. And he could tell in those first five words that I'm talking to Henry and I'm not talking to 800 people that look like Henry. So again, people say, oh, I don't wanna to go to all that work. Well, you don't have to. But I spend half an hour a day doing this. I don't spend that much time. I'm just being, I'm, I'm looking for a more specific person and that's about it, so. So let me say this about that. Mm -hmm. One of our authors is Michael Alasso. Michael Alasso is the uh, GOAT, greatest of all time Vistage speaker. Last time I checked, I think he was over 1600 Vistage presentations. Wow you know, has won the Speaker of the Year Award many times and right. amazing score. One of the things he teaches to these CEOs is about feedback. And he said, feedback to have impact needs to be specific and positive. Mm -hmm. Hey, great job is not good feedback. Nope. Uh, keep up the good work, not good feedback. Great post. Great post, what post, you know? So when you would say, you'd mention the book and you'd mention it by title, or, you know, if it's a Forbes.com article, if you mention the specific Forbes.com article and what was in that article that spoke to you, well, yeah, you have my full attention. Yeah. Um, we find with podcasters, your first outreach to the podcaster should start with something positive and specific about their podcasts. Yeah. I really enjoyed episode 422 yep. with, um, you know, with Ellen Moore, and she was so <laughs> great when she <laughs> shared the information about um, how you respond to the generic request to LinkedIn. Okay, then you've got Ellen's full attention on that. Oh, yeah. So, it's the same thing with the podcast. It's the same thing with journalists trying to um, get them to write about you. Writing for Forbes.com, I get dozens of 
email pitches every day yeah. for me to do a story on them. And they're all generic. Yeah. Matter of fact, they're very horribly written. Um, one side of me wants to write this little um, missive on how to properly pitch. Uh, because I taught this at the university and I thought, no, don't do that. People are going to actually take offense if you actually was helpful. But if somebody, and this is, this happens well once every couple of months actually says, how would you like to be approached? <laughs> well, I, I reach back out to them. I tell them full things. I help them. I even spent 15 minutes with this uh, newbie publicist five years out of school. Sure. And, and since you asked, I'll, I'll tell you everything you want to know on how to do this. We'll spend 15 minutes on this. Um, but most people, you know, are just generic and um, you sound so different if you're specific and positive. Absolutely. So. Like my favorite are, hi, Henry DeVries, I am forming a powerful network to improve my chances on LinkedIn, like already yawn. I don't want to see sentences that start with that. I and my network, you don't know me. You don't care about my motivations in my network. But again, if I say seeing Mark LeBlanc on Leanne Webster's client attraction forum last July blew me away. Now, again, for Mark, everybody else just started going me, 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 I, 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 my network, if they wrote any note at all. So hopefully for him, at least he gets the sense that somebody is putting in a bit more effort. And I think, again, the reason people don't do this is we've been so seduced by 2015 called and it wants its marketing back. We've been so seduced by this idea that it's all about these numbers and it's all about these new people who don't know you. And so the further we go down that tube, People tell me all the time, oh, I don't have time to do this on LinkedIn. Okay, great, don't. Like my job is to multiply your income by several times. So I'm happy to help you with this or not. Like, I, I don't know what to say. And I'm not claiming it's the right strategy for everybody, but I, I do believe if, people, if we can get people off the 2015 guru expert train and say, hey, guess what? That stuff that a lot of people were teaching did work real well in 2010. That time is over now. Uh, we have moved on to a new paradigm. And it is very much, in my opinion, a social selling paradigm versus a lead gen paradigm. I have lead gen experts that call me all the time. I'm talking to 50 people a week. Great. Are they the right people? No. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I think, I think it, like I said, it's a, it's a great time to be a person who, who wants to be a bit more personal and generous, I think. Yeah. And, and we won't mention any names, Brendan Ruchard. Um, <coughs> these people have click funnels and you got to build up your list and then you got to keep hitting the list with offers. Um, you know, bless their heart. Bless, uh, bless their heart. Can I brag on Mark LeBlanc, a story I heard about him? Oh, oh, he's a contrarian. Go ahead. Okay. Well, so like I said, he and I were both part of a, a teaching sum summit uh, last summer. And what I heard was Mark LeBlanc had, of all the people who were involved in this, uh, a relatively modest number of people on his newsletter, but more people signed up for the event through Mark than some of these other people who had huge lists. So put that one in your pipe and smoke it, other people. That's all I'm saying. So that's what I heard. That was a story I heard. Well, Mark, do you want to respond to that? Because you have a, def a 
definite different take on lists and, and the person with the biggest list uh, dies with the biggest list wins. Uh, yeah. Do you want to weigh in on this? <laughs> well, uh, thank you. And thank you, Ellen, for your kind words. And um, I'm just thrilled that you're now uh, part of the family. Um, and one of my questions was, uh, what is the point of having a five to 10,000 uh, group of connections on LinkedIn? Um, I don't bill myself as a contrarian, but I certainly don't do things, I do things differently. Mm -hmm. um, my CRM uh, is about 400 people and every single one of them is a client. Right. Um, I, I don't put prospects on my database. And so I'm wondering, um, uh, and it is true, um, my, my CRM list of approximately 400 this summer produced more registrations um, and more sales, I think it was also, both. Uh, both. That, yeah. than anyone else. Yeah. Um, and some of the people, as you know, had lists of uh, 10 to 20,000 people. Yeah. So um, can you speak to the idea of What's the point of a larger list? And especially if you don't have a ground game in going after them. I think, um, Mark, I think people carry over the idea from other platforms like Instagram or Facebook that some this huge number is a good idea, right? Mm -hmm. And then if they're using some type of automated strategy like Cleverly, where they're following some of the older LinkedIn experts whose, whose whole teaching was based on automation, uh, as in you bother enough people, you ring enough doorbells, it's gonna happen somehow. So, mm -hmm. so then uh, there's also several services that, that I can pay money to, to get my 20,000 or 30,000 connections. The argument is gonna be, oh, but now I look important, right? Like now when you come to my profile, you see that I'm a big deal. But what we find, I, we get people all the time who have 30,000 connections. I even, I have some, one person's got over 100,000 because she was grandfathered in after they made that limit. And uh, she had no idea who was there. And, no, and I said, okay, great. Let's, before we find 50 new people, who on this list of 100,000 people, is it reasonable to assume there are 100 people who are high value targets would be great for your new offer that costs 50K and is a year long and all this stuff? She doesn't know. So I've also had people go down from 10,000 to, you know, a hundred and pare down and start over. And I, whether or not you want to do that, I think is up to the individual, but I would say from here on out, if you, if you, if what I'm saying resonates, draw a line in the sand, you don't need to accept everybody. It is not your job. Make them, it's like a date, make them work for it a little bit. Like, and again, it's probably the VA in Belize anyway and they're not going to know what to do so just just make it a little tougher and and the most successful client i have on linkedin has 150 connections mm, wow. and i'm not arguing that's the only way to do it but i but he knows who those 150 people are that's my point i, I was never really good at that dating thing <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't real good at it either but i hear it's i hear it's good to be selective so yeah. i'm just throwing that in there yeah Thank you, Ellen. You're welcome. You're welcome. I, I would say uh, the contrarian nature of Mark LeBlanc that I heard last year when I was part of this and got to listen to your bit is um, you're talking about really boring things like integrity and daily <laughs> habits. 
and treating people with kindness and being distinctive about how you intersect with people, just really boring stuff like that. Uh, so I, I got the shivers listening to you. So I'm a big fan. I, oh, I, I loved you. what you're talking about. You know, my philosophy has been, I'd rather serve a smaller list more intensely mm-hmm. than a larger list uh, sporadically or generically. I think, I think that's a good idea for a lot of solopreneurs and author experts. I mean, I have, I have a partner and I have a couple other people that work for me and I can't handle, like I'm at about the edge of my capacity, really. Mm-hmm. So, okay, now what do we do? Like try to find, cause again, I, I, I don't want to be a, in lead generation. That is not interesting to me mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. And so again, we have some of these big services calling and being like, how are you banging out these numbers? So I'm just, yeah, start, start selective is probably is, is my recommendation. Thank you. That's not what they want to hear. No, they don't. (laughs) That's not the message they want to hear. They want the the magic bullet. What is the thing? I keep telling people, the secret is not meeting strangers on the internet. If you think the dating world's hard, uh, you know, the the dating world for business development is hard that way. Um, It's about relationships. Yeah, I, I always think about, uh, who's a speaker and a, a famous salesperson, Kevin Knebel, and he's been on LinkedIn for a long time doing awesome stuff. And he always says, tactics are for people who don't have their mindset right. That's who cares about tactics. So, uh, because, because tactics are, you can follow a system, right? It's A, B, C, D, but to, to really embody a social seller's mindset, I think is different. So for me, before I learned this stuff, the whole marketing and selling was a huge anxiety. I was like behind the scenes and I helped some famous people, but I wasn't like out there promoting myself because I thought, oh my God, I'm going to be so bad at this because I don't have the right characteristics for that. And then sort of, as I found out, oh, I could just teach people how to do stuff and some of them will want to pay me. Cool. (laughs) It it got way easier then. Ellen, I have a question here from, um, from the, from the great unknown, the crowd. Speaking of relationship, what's the best way to deepen relationships on LinkedIn? Um, so what would be your take on that? Well, I, I kind of, however I start talking to someone, now let's say I find your, your post and I, I'm, I wanna talk to you. Maybe I'll reshare your post with some comments about why I think it's good. So now you're gonna pay a little bit more attention to me than you know some, and again, don't do this insincerely don't do this if you don't really like the post because it will smell it will come off if you're like great post i have nothing to say about this so once you're in the dms down in the dms famous hip-hop song once you're once you're talking to people direct message i i recommend going back a couple just see if people will chat with you some people don't have time they don't care and don't ask people like random questions like how did you get into DNA profiling? Like that's a long, we call that a high cost question. That's a hard, you know, mm. start with something easy. You know, you're in Pittsburgh. Do you like the Steelers? I mean, just, you don't have to reach for that level. And then again, if you go look at the person's profile, if you see that they might be a good power partner, which is how, what I always think of first, because I don't know if anyone's a client at all. I, I, I don't make that assumption. Maybe it's a client, maybe it's a power partner, maybe it's just a good person for your network. Go look. And then if they are, send them an invitation and say, hey, I'd love to, I'd love to get on Zoom with you. 
And you can do one of two things. You can either say, I, I just like to meet you. I'd like to network, uh, no sales. I always say something like no sales nonsense or no sales BS. Like I, I want people to know uh, this isn't a bait and switch. You don't have to worry about that. And, or I'll say to them, hey, if you'd like some suggestions about your LinkedIn, I'd be glad to help if you want to talk about that. And if you don't want to, that's okay. So what I'm looking for is, is who is interested in chatting a bit and then having that one-on-one -on -one Zoom. And that's, most of my clients came from that. And then again, uh, not everyone's going to go for that and that's okay. And you don't have to send everyone an invitation to Zoom with you. But if they've demonstrated that they are interested in chatting and you have some stuff in common and you go look at that profile, go look. You're going to know in five seconds whether there's a chance in hell, usually, about this person being effective for you, just like you might be effective for them. So that's, that's all I do. And I think the big thing is just making people feel safe for that Zoom meeting. So they know they're not going to get pounced on to take your quiz to get your PDF, to get a hundred dollars off their $10,000 nonsense course about whatever. Like there's been enough of that. So you just have to like make people feel safe, I think. And, and demonstrate that you wanna help if you can. Let me go to the next question from Diane. Diane says, I've heard people recommend you change the connect button to the follow button. How important or unimportant is it to have followers? Is it to have followers? Um, so I'm going to tell you that I'm definitely like a mindset LinkedIn person. I don't know that much about the algorithm. I know a decent amount. I would say I'm more interested in connections for this type of system that I'm talking about. Uh, when someone does choose to follow me, I follow them back usually just because again, that doesn't mean we're in each other's network and it's sort of the polite thing to do. But again, as far as me driving the boat, I'm, I'm, trying to, uh, I'm, I'm trying to have a connection and not necessarily a follower. Now, if I was, um, the, the, and, and here's the thing, I think I might be blanking on his name. There is a guy who is like the LinkedIn. So if you Google LinkedIn algorithm and you just Google those words, you're gonna find all these articles by this man who I'm super embarrassed, but it's the end of a long day and I've had pneumonia and I can't remember his name right now, but he is the bomb on questions like that. So when you Google LinkedIn algorithm, you're gonna see like the first, the several top articles are gonna be by this gentleman. And uh, his, he also has my favorite um, headline or title or whatever you wanna call it, which is something like, uh, reasonably uh, expensive LinkedIn help or something like that, just to let you know, like it, it, he's a big deal. So I'm sorry, that's an answer and not an answer, but that's the best I can do. We'll take it. Mm -hmm. um, here's a question from Brad. How important are the recommendations and endorsements on LinkedIn? So, you know, the part where you're supposed to have like 99 people who just said you can do blah, blah, blah. Like I never, I don't worry about that part, but I have a lot of like written recommendations. Right. So now again, I'm not saying if you have 99 people who said you're great at coaching that, that that's bad. I'm just saying, I don't think that's as powerful as the, how many people were willing to write a recommendation for you. And it's actually pretty easy. Um, you, can, you can maybe take a testimonial they've already given you. Uh, you can write one for them. 
and say, and again, I'm talking about people you're close to who, who know you and love you and care about you. And you can just send them the, the copy and be like, hey, I need a recommendation, read this over and see if you agree or rewrite it or you know, tell me to go away. And you can do it that way too. Um, so I'm, I'm more interested when I look at the bottom to see, are those recommendations about the thing the person is talking about now? You know, if you used to be a cheetah keeper at the zoo and all your recommendations is about how great you are with cheetahs, but now you're coaching, you know, I don't know, uh, neuropsychopathy, I, I don't really care about your, your recommendations aren't relevant to me because they're about cheetahs. So I think, you know, everybody has old recommendations, most people do. So just get some new ones because whatever's new is gonna be on top. And again, one of the best, best ways to get a recommendation other than writing it yourself is give people a formula. Say, give me two sentences, one sentence, and you guys I'm sure teach this anyway, one sentence on your objective results from working with me. And the other sentence on the subjective, like how did it make you feel? And when people know they don't have to write and write and write, they just have to say, hey, I got this from working with them. And also now I feel confident about this. Most people are pretty happy to do that. So that's something that you could spend, I don't know, a few Mondays in a row cultivating and you'd probably do better than most people pretty quickly. So Ellen, to build on that, yes, and uh, we call them measurable results testimonials. Mm -hmm. So if you can say things like, I accomplished more in six months working with Ellen than I did in the last three years, that's a time one. Absolutely. If you can say, we increased revenues 22% over the last year based on following uh, this advice, or they helped us increase by 50%, um, helped means, you know, they were part of the effort. Um, many times we don't want to give specific numbers, but sometimes, you know, you can. Um, I've had several of our speakers want me to change what I say about them because at one point they were making five to $10,000. Then they started making 10 to 20,000. Now they're in a 15 to $30,000 range. Mm -hmm. and they would like those numbers to be out there as a result of working with us. So mm -hmm. those are all ways you can give measurable results testimonials. The other point is I really encourage the family to make testimonials to each other. When you attend, yeah. say our uh, book kickoff class, we do the monthly book kickoff class to help you plan a new book. Um, that's a speaking opportunity. It's a showcase, you are speaking there. So you can give testimonials to each other that, oh, I heard, um, I heard uh, Mary speak at a conference on book marketing and you know, I really enjoyed her as a speaker. I think she has a lot to say. That's probably, we're not gonna be able to be measurable results on that, um, but you can only recommend a speaker that you heard speak. So it's one of the reasons like at our forum in March, uh, we have the networking speaking, we have the speaking contest. We wanna give everybody as many opportunities as possible to actually speak so that the family can cross-pollinate with testimonials on that. It, yeah. it makes a difference. That's a huge deal. And again, it is a measurable result in a sense to say, I heard someone speak and this is what they were like and this is what I learned, right? It's still, it's an objective reality. Um, and, and I think all of that, most what most people have in recommendations is again, stuff that's out of date or they have stuff like, Ellen's really great. 
She makes you feel so good. I just love listening to her. Like, again, you don't know me, so you don't care how great, like, it's not, it's not a powerful recommendation. So I love, I love what you had to say about that. It's perfect. I learned more in 15 minutes from Ellen Milka Moore than I have studying LinkedIn for the last three years. Yeah. You write that down. I, I actually is now deep in the, and I'm going to send you a request with those words and uh, ask if you will, you know, send it back to me. It's been recorded. Um, someone asked the question, what clients do you target? So hearing how you target clients might give us clues on how we can better target. So yes. how do you, how do you target clients? A subject near and dear to my heart. So super tight. Um, if any of you are musicians or dancers, like something super tight in music is very, very niched. It's like kabam. It's tight, right? When you hear an offer, you know who it's for, you know what's going on. So anyway, we're very, very weird and passionate about target audience. And it's the primary thing that we teach first. So for us, we have two targets. Um, one is we have people who are quite, quite good at marketing. Uh, so Heather Letzi doesn't need me for anything else. She's blowing me out of the water, but she needs me for LinkedIn. So she'd be an example. And, and we have some other fairly well-known people who are like that. And again, I'm not saying everyone has to be famous, but, but people who are pretty heavy hitters, they're just not sure what's happening on LinkedIn. Uh, the second type of client that we get a lot are uh, huge nerds. Uh, we get people with very high IQs, <laughs> Who are who are very uh, have complex things that they're talking about, and if they're fortunate, they've worked with someone like Henry, uh, and and they've been able to sort of you know harness this stuff down. We get a lot of people who are sort of former like bigwigs in like a like I have several people from like Apple and Google and that sort of thing, but now they're out on their own, and it's different, right? Because I'm not the worldwide president of finance at Apple anymore. So nobody cares. Um, but again, all of our people, of course, are mission minded. You won't be surprised to hear they're all service oriented. And they're all either in some type of B2B improvement, or in in some type of personal development, I guess I have a little bit more B2B than I have B2C. But what I'm looking for is very, very, I, I like really, really intense high IQ people where there's something really quite exciting that they're doing. And now we have to press it through this tube to make the visitor on LinkedIn understand what it is. So for example, I have one of my brand new customers that I'm so excited for is building software for, for the Department of Defense. And he talked to me for like two hours about what valid eval and rubrics are. And the whole time I'm going, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. But I don't really understand anything he's saying. But like, I'm excited to figure it out. And that's going to be fun because he's going to have such a tight target client on, on LinkedIn that that'll be interesting for me. So that's who we tend to look for. Um, as far as uh, most of our offers are fairly expensive. And so our standard offer is about $7,500. So we do look for what we call ATP, which is ability to pay. And we also look for ETP, which is eager to pay. So it's nice if people have look at their profile and they go, oh, yeah, this person probably got money to afford what I'm doing, but are they, are they sophisticated enough? Are they educated enough? Do they already, it, it's the money, but it's also the mindset. Is this a person who's going to pay for help or is this going to person who, who doesn't want to do that even though they have money? So, so I would say start with ATP 
because they have to be able to pay somehow and and then go for the etp look for the eagerness they've already demonstrated they want to do this kind of business so nice yeah. nice mm -hmm. um, follow-up question from diane do you have a recommendation on how much you should post on linkedin and yeah. what is your viewpoint on using polls so how much should we be posting on linkedin so great news everybody linkedin hates it when you post multiple times a day so don't do that uh, don't do it more than once a day. Again, different, right, from other platforms. I'll tell you what, I post my own content like once or twice a week, and that's my created content. And then I do curated content, which is how I make lots of friends. So curated content is I find other people's stuff that I like, and then I share it with my, and I, and I introduce it to my audience with here's why this is important, here's why I like this. So I would say don't, what, what I see people doing is, you know, churning out twice a day, like they're supposed to do somewhere else. And then, you know, we got these pretty cool people and there's like two people who liked it and no one even commented because it's like, we had an office party. Fantastic. What am I supposed to say about that? You know? So uh, I would say, go do it, post a smaller amount, but post stuff that's really helpful. You'll be surprised if you if you really focus on how much value can I put in this post in 22,000 characters or whatever, because not very many, um, you you will be surprised. And then again, make sure that you're you've got your friends on LinkedIn and you're looking out for their stuff as well. So you're putting some effort in like I have other friends that every time I get on LinkedIn, I go look for their stuff. I don't always comment on it, but I sometimes do because sometimes it's really good. So you don't, I, I also, I'll tell you a secret. I have other clients who don't post very much at all, but what they do on LinkedIn is have these one-on-one -on -one conversations. And lo and behold, things work out pretty well that way too. So, so don't feel this pressure to post all the time is what I'm trying to say. Ellen, thank you so much. You have a beautiful mind. Thanks for sharing it with us. It's, it's such a big brain. Uh, if we could invite you back sometime, we would love to hear more from you. I'd, I'd so. be happy to talk about the content strategy stuff. That's like a different question or, you know, I don't know. How do you, yeah. How do you, how do you kind of set yourself up as dating on LinkedIn is another interesting question, but thank you so much for, for being here. And again, I would invite anybody if, if you want, you can either get the link that has this, this free gift that we're giving you called the connection intervention. It's kind of the longer version of that thing I just described. And again, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Just say you heard me here uh, and I will connect with you. And then again, if you want me to look at your profile and comment on it, happy to do so. If you want to Zoom about it, great, let's do that. So, so Ellen, for the people who listen to us on uh, iTunes and Spotify, um, they're not going to see these links. So where should they go? What they should do is, is go find Ellen Melko Moore on LinkedIn and connect with me. Just say where you heard me and I will connect with you. And uh, we, can get, we can get started from there. Great. Uh, they can also find me at supertightsocialselling.com. But, but find me on LinkedIn so I can talk to you and you don't have to just look at my website because that's more fun. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks everybody for attending and listening and those great questions. We sure appreciate it. We'll see you back here uh, next week, same time, same place. Thanks everybody. And uh, May you have more impact and influence this week through LinkedIn. Thanks.